Hey, welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James to ask a few questions and hear some additional thoughts from our weekly teaching. Good morning, Reverend. Good morning. How are you this morning, man? Man, doing pretty good. Had did a pretty you, uh, good morning. Did you have a good workout this morning? I didn't work out. I'll probably work out later. It was pretty cold. It was. It was very. It was thirty-one degrees when I left my house this morning. Yeah. So the bed was pretty warm, and I said I'll just work out probably later. Yeah. It was a stark contrast to Thanksgiving when it was eighty degrees. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand weather. Mm-mm. So there's yeah. that. Um, well, man, jumping into some questions from this past Sunday. I think if we're going to be honest, for us, uh, genealogies are boring. We we just kind of skim through them. You even said it Sunday, like, if you start off a book of genealogies, it's kind of like, eh, maybe out. Um, and you just kind of skip that part, and then you get to the quote-unquote good stuff. Um, but why did we choose to jump into that and to really study that? Like, what was your thought process behind that? Well, I think one is just remembering, you know, every word that's in, in, in Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so everything's there for a reason and a purpose, you know, and so... The reason why Matthew starts off with the genealogy for us, and I think that's the problem, is we can't always view Scripture just with our Western eyes, and for you know, for the Jewish audience, because that's Matthew's is probably the most Jewish gospel, and so he's writing to Jewish people, um, and so starting off with the family is very significant for them because that basically was, I mean, who who you, who your family uh, was, who you were connected with, really showed who you were, what you were about. And so Matthew had a very specific purpose of starting with that genealogy. But for us, you know, it's a lot of big names, and it's hard for us to be interested in those kind of things. But I think it was good for us to to say, hey, look, this is actually very significant. And and I think as we went through the points and stuff, hopefully everybody saw that it was very significant of why Matthew chose to start off his his gospel with listing Jesus' family and the significance that had uh, in really proclaiming who Jesus was. Yeah, I really liked Sunday when you started. Um, verse 1 is the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and son of Abraham. I really liked how you start off with if there's two people from the Old Testament that you want people to say, he's associated with this guy, it was those two. Uh, I like how you kind of dug into that and and really expounded upon why those are two such important figures. It was, you know, the, the father of a nation and the man after God's own heart. And so uh, I think... Like you're saying, viewing it not just through our lens, but seeing that as, okay, this is somebody we should probably pay a little bit more attention to. Yeah, I think Jewish Jewish readers in that time when they uh, read through this gospel would have their ears would have perked up. You know, when they were reading this, it was like, man, this is not only just the significance of Jesus and what Jesus' name means, and then with Christ, uh, not his last name, but just the yeah. title attached, the anointed, the Messiah. Then. He's of the line of David. He's of the line of Abraham. Like they would have been like, okay, is this is this the, the guy? Like, I mean, is this him? And so I think yeah. they would have been like, okay, well, I need to at least investigate this, you know, because of how significant it was. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think that it definitely. I know for me personally, you saying, you know, I know this is boring, and I know, kind of peeling back the curtain to say, like, hey, I know this is like this, but this is very, very important. Don't just read it through your Americanized lens. Yeah, uh, it was it was good for me to just be able to 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 see it in that context. And I think that's and that's always been my some of my favorite things about scripture is like peeling back and getting into the culture, getting like in like putting yourself not just like of of in my yes. And we saw how it applies to us, 
but even like, hey, I need to step out of my realm, my thinking, and put myself into kind of a Jewish mindset, Jewish the the setting of, of what it would have been like. Because when you, I think when you do that, um, and that's why context is always so important in Scripture, is that it seems to kind of bring out more things that you would yeah. like if you just read through the genealogy, you'd be like, oh, that's neat, you know, and then you're like, all right, now I can get to the rest of it that's more important. And so I think when you embrace the context, embrace kind of the setting of why, I think it starts to be me, be more meaningful, and we see why this is so significant and and, and why this the genealogy applies to our life. Yeah, like you said, Sunday 2, for us, it's a, it's a turn of a page from Malachi to Matthew, um, but for these people, it's 400 years of, of silence. And so to be able to open a book and say, you know, Jesus, the Messiah, uh, I'm sure that it, it stirred something a little different than it stirs in us. For sure. Um, you talked Sunday about looking back at the promise of the Messiah to come. And we, I mean, we traced it back to Genesis 3 um, in the garden. Why do you think it's so important for us to be able to do that? Well, I think it's important. And this is, I remember I took a class in seminary. Um, it was my biblical interpretation class, and we had to read this book called According to Plan. And basically what we had to do was start at Genesis 1, and we had to write a whole paper, um, and you couldn't use your Bible. Uh, I mean, you could study, you, we studied our Bible, but basically for the test, we had to go in and basically had to write down the whole narrative of Scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Wolf. And it, well, while it was a really hard assignment. It was probably my favorite assignment and probably the, the most impactful for me because for the first time, I think I knew this, but then for the first time I got to realize like this whole story is about Jesus and that there's this common thread that runs through the entire book of the Bible and it's really all about Jesus and it you know culminates in the Gospels and then after in the epistles writing back, reflecting on the Gospel and how it applies to our life. And so for me, that's my one of my favorite things about Scripture is going back through, and so that's why I thought it was important, and that's exactly what I think Matthew's doing in the book is he's trying to make them, and, and they would have remembered these, many of these prophecies, many of these things. For us, we need to kind of go back and see them, um, but to see how like this whole story that God's been telling through Genesis all the way through is that it's always been about Jesus. It's always pointing to Jesus. Uh, prophecies along the way have been dropping like, hey, you know, it's about this is this is who I'm going to send to make everything right again because of sin, because of all that stuff. And so, I think it's good to walk through and to see all the different the promises to Abraham, the promises to David, and David's that there will be someone that will come from David's line that will sit on the throne and have an eternal kingdom forever. To see the prophets, all these things. So I think um, while it sometimes seems like Bible drill and you're just you know running <laughs> through just tons of scripture and all that kind of stuff, I think it's important for us to see. Um, that Scripture, while it is different books, is set in different times, it's different authors. The Holy Spirit's been telling this story and inspiring this story through writing through men, and so we see that it's like they all fit together, and they're all they're all moving in, in one direction. Um, and so kind of to step back and to see, see that, and that's kind of what Matthew's doing with the genealogy by dropping all these names, is he's wanting to point back to say like, hey, the guy that was promised that would fix everything, the person, the, the anointed one, the Messiah that was have been promised that you've heard prophecy about. Hey, Jesus is the guy. Like this is him, you know, that you've waited for and hoped for. Yeah, and I think you. Um, we talked this morning. Um, Kelly and I are reading through Luke, um, leading up to Christmas, and you see in the story of Simeon that um, that's what he says. My eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord, and so during this context, to to see like, okay, this is who this is, man, like. I don't know. I think that we get kind of missed in that. Uh, we we don't 
see that in in scripture, but for like you're saying, for these people, it was. I remember reading here that someone was coming, and I remember here someone was coming, and and could this be him? Um, I think that it is. It's important for us because for these people, it was just instilled in them that someone's coming, someone's coming, someone's coming. And so for us, I think it's very important to look back and say, here's a promise, here's a promise, here's a promise, and it all leads to Christ. And I think it's one of the things I try to do, you know, in preaching and then in sermon series and everything is like showing, show, tracing these things. And so allowing people to see it with their own eyes in their Bibles to see, oh man, this this is a lot big. Like, yes, is there personal application in Scripture? A- absolutely. And there are ways, and we saw how it applies to us, but also even bigger than just personal application, it's telling the story about who God is and then telling the story about Jesus and and the the path in bringing Jesus to earth and and uh and so I think it's you know what was it last year for Christmas we looked through Ruth yeah and you're like why would you look at Ruth for Christmas but really the Ruth story as we saw even in genealogy Ruth is mentioned like the whole story of Jesus being born is in the story of Ruth yeah and so and so it's like just and hopefully even when we went through the Genesis series of like seeing like hey all of this has been is pointing to Jesus and so hopefully seeing all of these things. Um, I think it's good for us as God's people to see see how all these things are connecting, you know, in Scripture. Absolutely, man. Um, speaking of the genealogy again, you you dug into it and and exactly what it meant from the people that Jesus came from. Um, that's important for us to see. I think we can agree. And you you talked on it Sunday, but do you have any more thoughts of like why it's so important for us to see that? To see the people that were listed. Yeah. Yeah, so in the genealogy, one of the things that's that's interesting, and I think we brought out Sunday, is that um, women are mentioned in it, and so there are certain women uh, that are. I think it was five women that are listed in in the passage. Um, Tamar is one of them. Uh, Ruth uh, is one of them. Uh, Rahab's one of them. Uh, oh, it's uh, Bathsheba's one of them, and, yeah. and then we have Mary's listed. And so in, in that, it, you're kind of like, you know, most genealogy for Jewish people, this would have stuck out to them of like, hey, women usually aren't included, but we see that women have been very integral part of the story that God's telling. And to see, like, these were these were really sketchy stories yeah. and really sketchy ladies. I mean, and when you look, you're like, man, like there was, I mean, one Tamar rated our story of dressing up as a prostitute and then sleeping with her father-in-law, which is crazy, and... And then you have Rahab, who she didn't dress up as a prostitute. She was one. And so um, you have uh, Bathsheba, who um, slept with David, um, committed adultery. And, I mean, just all – and then even Mary. Uh, Mary is seems very innocent, but even in that time, because she was pregnant, people thought that it wasn't uh, – it wasn't Joseph's. And so, you know, most people probably thought she was uh, – had committed adultery or – or thought that she was sexually promiscuous, and so you look, you're like, man, what, what? This is kind of a, this is kind of sketchy, you know. And then you look at the men; the men are just as sketchy, right? So yep. you have Abraham, and he was a sketchy guy, and then you have Judah who slept with his daughter-in-law. That's that's you know that's not good. And then you you go through and you see, I mean, Jacob. I mean, he was a sketchy guy. David committed adultery, killed somebody to cover it up. I mean, Solomon had all these wives and and was an idolatry. I mean, you have these wicked kings and. You're like, man, this is a really, really sketchy family, yeah. right, to come from. And so that's the one thing we just trace. But the beautiful thing about it is is that Jesus Christ came from this broken family, exactly why he came to fix our brokenness, and he came to come. And, and I think 
this was a good reminder for me, and I think it's for all of us, is like there's nothing that you could ever do or you could never be so broken um, that Jesus can't fix it and put it back together. Yeah, if he can yeah. redeem his family. Yeah. If he can redeem his line, man, I think that digging into that and seeing like he didn't come from perfect pretty people. Mm. He didn't come from the best of the best. Um, he came from, like you're saying, pretty pretty sketchy people. I think it testifies just to uh, this how gracious our God is, you know, that he's able, and even to think about the people that God used is they weren't perfect people. And uh, that's good news for us, right? Yeah. You know, that even in my mistakes, not that I glorify my mistakes or because we saw in Titus, you know, I received the gospel so that I would be spurred on toward godliness. Yeah. Uh, but to know this, like even with my past or with mistakes in my life, God can still use me for his glory and for his kingdom. And just like he used these really sketchy people. And it's not like, by God using these people, he's endorsing what they did. Um, but it's like, man, God's grace is a whole lot bigger than our mistakes, and he's able to to still, even in the midst of our brokenness, still make something really beautiful, yeah. not only with our life, but ultimately for his glory. And what a comfort that is, man. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's that's the beauty of if you just skip over the genealogy and just move on, I think you you, you miss that. You, you miss seeing just the intricate part of, of all the things that, that – that Matthew's trying to do of, of to point out like, Hey, this is his family. He came to save sinners, you know? So, yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, obviously we started a new sermon series Sunday, um, a collective in Matthew, man. I'm just, I'm really pumped about it. I'm really excited to, to be able to walk through, um, just the book as a whole, like you said, Sunday, it's probably, probably gonna take a little while. It's probably going to take a while. And so uh, no telling how long <laughs> that's, I mean, it could, Oh man, I, I don't even want to, Take a guess. Um, I mean, we have it planned out in our four series, you mm-hmm. know, in our four different series where we'll basically walk through the entire book. But it will take a while. But I think, you know, that was the kind of thing that I was thinking about when I was looking over it and praying over it was, you know, I hope ultimately that people come to know Jesus and that and that if you already know Jesus, that your affections are stirred for him as we walk through his life. And it's going to be, a, I mean, it's going to be a big, big call because even we saw Sunday at the end, you know, Jesus is the king. Um, but is Jesus your king? And that's kind of the big question that comes out of out of the genealogy, out of really Matthew is he's come to set up his kingdom, and are you a part of that kingdom? Yeah. And are you going to live for that kingdom? Because all throughout the book, there are going to be people that are crowds that follow Jesus, but they don't really live for his kingdom or a part of his kingdom. And that's kind of scary for us to even think about is that, you know, I don't I don't want to be a part of the crowd that that looks, maybe appears to be a part of Jesus, but really has no part of his kingdom Mm -hmm. and uh and so i think that's the i think there'll be a lot of convicting things in matthew you know yeah i i'm looking forward to it Mm -hmm. honestly uh it's gonna be it's gonna be great um and now our our question that has nothing to do what we've talked about so far um what is your favorite christmas tradition like leading up to christmas maybe it's something you your family does on christmas or whatever it is like what is the the one thing that james Doty looks forward to when it comes to christmas uh, I love watching just Christmas movies. Uh, Kirsten, I love watching Christmas movies. So, um, of course, they were playing probably before Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's probably. Fine. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, man. You know, I really love The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yeah. I really love that one. I got gotcha. you. So, um, but favorite Christmas tradition, we have different, you know, um, one of the things that we we always do with our families is we always eat really good. And so... Uh, one of the things I always look forward to is uh, Christmas Eve night. Um, we always go to Miss um, 
uh, Kirsten's mom and dad, Miss Shimmer's Tyler's house. And so we go over there and then uh, always look forward to that, eating. We just open up ornaments and, and hang out that night. And then I always look to, forward to is uh, Sunday morning. We always go to my parents. And uh, it's always the same brunch that we have just about every Christmas. We always have monkey bread, eggs benedict. Nice. Um, orange juice, bacon, cheese grits, all kind of good stuff. And so usually, um, I mean, presents are awesome and stuff, but I think uh, gathering with, with our family and uh, doing that, and I always look forward to even as well as like our Christmas Eve service, of all being together and taking time to stop and reflect on Jesus before kind of the madness of Christmas happens. Yeah. You know, because Christmas Eve day, the day after, Usually we're running to families. Everybody's running all different places, and presents are being, you know, it gets kind of crazy. And so I always like that that Christmas Eve service for time just to stop and um, just have some time to, even though we've been talking through Jesus, you know, on Sundays, but to have time right before Christmas just to kind of stop. So do you work out before or after you eat all that food? Um, before. Before. That's well, probably. usually on Christmas Day, I usually don't. I take, usually don't. take a day off yeah, for the I Lord's mean, birthday. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I yeah, get it. yeah. yeah. You know, you need one day off a year, right? <laughs> nah. Well, man, I appreciate you sitting down and, and recapping everything from Sunday. And I'm um, looking forward to diving deeper into the book of Matthew. For sure.